All right, so this week the seat is taken by myself, your host, Allie G. I figured that coming into the new year and since this podcast has been going for a month that it would be nice to just do a little intro about who I am. Uh, so yeah, let's get into it. Yo, is this seat taken? Uh, yeah, it is. My name is Allie G. I am a hospitality professional. I've been in the industry for seven years, going on eight. I am a yoga instructor, a podcast host, obviously. I am a retired circus artist. I love food. I'm a Taurus, Scorpio rising, and Aquarius moon, if you care about that. Um, I care a whole lot about social justice. I am an intersectional feminist. I love sneakers. My sneaker game is pretty decent, not gonna lie. Love makeup. Um, that's, I mean, that's pretty much like the basic bio of who I am. Alright, let's get into the topic of the episode. So, my followers helped me pick this topic. And I'm really happy that this one was a one. It is non-monogamy or non-monogamous relationships. And I'm really excited because I've been living a non-monogamous lifestyle off and on, on and off. 2012 is when I started dabbling into it. So, yeah. I do want to start off by saying that All of this is coming from my own personal experiences, and I do not have all the answers. And there's also just many ways to navigate uh, non-monogamy and just open relationships in general. So, yeah, here we go. First of all, I wanted to get in the history of monogamy because I think that's important to just start it on off with. So, here we go. I'm going to lay down some facts. For y'all, um, homo sapiens, right? That's what we are, human beings, you know? The, the flesh and bones, the walking people with the brains that uh, invented racism and capitalism. Yeah, you know those people? Uh, maybe you're sitting right next to one right now. <laughs> um, we have existed on this earth for like 300,000 some odd years, right? Roughly, give or take. Um, and for... 90%, 90, a whole fucking 90% of the time that we have been living and walking on this earth, guess what? We have not been fucking monogamous. Whoa, right? It's kind of insane. So, um, you know, we're homo sapiens, we're fucking chilling in tribes and shit, and when we were chilling in tribes back in the day, we would have sex with everyone, you know? We would take care of everyone's children in the tribe. Like, 
that person's children was our child and you know we lived in a very like intertwined web when we lived in tribes and there's something kind of beautiful about that yeah um we came from chimps and monobos those are like our closest relatives and i'm sure we all know that they like to fuck all the fucking time and they are not monogamous either so it's really interesting that 10 percent of this time which is recently that humans have been on this earth we have not been monogamous and we're really honestly going against the grain with it and you know it's 2020 now fast forward and when you talk to people about like open relationships polyamorous relationships they people who are deep in monogamy get like really tense stuff they're like oh you know what I mean and it's it's because it's so ingrained in society and the way that we are raised and if you know anything about me you know I like to go against society um and (laughs) yeah so that is the beginning stages of homo sapiens right so it's like when did humans start being monogamous 12,000 years ago, roughly, is when the agricultural revolution started. And it's really interesting to think of why monogamy started then. Why do you think that is? People started looking at land as if it were property. Uh, trading started to happen. People started, like, you know, developing their brains into thinking, like, this is my land and I need to keep this land. So people would basically marry into their family, right? You've all heard that. Um, Even when it comes to royalty, like, even when it comes to empires, they would just, like, marry their cousins and shit to keep the money going in the family. So that's how, like, quote-unquote monogamy kind of started. But the whole concept of love... um, and it started until the 1700s. Gasp, I know. Crazy, right? 1700s. 18, 19, 20, like 300 plus years ago. Isn't that wild? Pretty much love became a thing as a way to like trick us, I'm pretty sure. So um, the concept of love started and people, especially men, free, well, not especially, but seriously men, freaked out. They're like, gasp this is preposterous. What is this love stuff? How are we going to make these women fall in love with us and marry us? And it was like this whole crazy thing. And Charles Darwin ended up writing, um, saying that like women need men, women are less than men, da, da, da. And, um, so I know this is going to sound crazy or it's going to be a hard pill to swallow for some of the people listening to this, but Women have been sex workers since the beginning of marriage, since marriage started. If you really take a few steps back and look at it from a bigger picture, uh, women had zero rights. We weren't allowed to work. It wasn't, it was unheard of for women to work. So we traded sex for goods and a roof over our head. You know, that's just how it is. And you know, fast forward to 2020, actual, like, sex workers who are out 
trading, you know, sex for money is real work and they're fighting for their rights. And the reason why they're fighting for their rights is because men, white supremacy still wants to control women and they can't wrap their heads around the fact that, no, like we can make money off of this and it's fucked up. So yeah, (laughs) love marriage monogamy started. And that's the history for you all. So um, we're going to get into the first segment. So this is fun. This is how you guys are going to get to know me. Uh, If you've been listening, you know how these go. So death meal. So um, I'm a Taurus. And I think about food all the time. I eat food all the time. And you bet that I have thought about this long and hard so if I knew that I was gonna die tomorrow or maybe like a few hours from now I would eat like a full-blown dinner I would yeah I would start off with some burrata because burrata is the only cheese I can't eat without pooping my pants um well not really but booking it to the bathroom and I would eat publican quality bread sourdough with some extra virgin olive oil drizzled on top. I would grill the sourdough um, just so it's a little crispy on the outside. And I would eat the uh, pesto nocchetti from Monteverde. It is so good. That also kind of makes me need to poop really quick too um and I would eat a sushi roll it can be any sushi roll as long as it doesn't have shrimp in it I don't like shrimp and I would eat a smart food white cheddar popcorn because it's so good and then I would either depending on the mood I'm in that day I would either drink a strawberry milkshake or I would eat Ben and Jerry's um, peanut butter cup ice cream and then I would get a mezcal like a neat pour of mezcal probably like a Karwinski um, something a little bit on like the sweeter side yeah that would be my death meal <laughs> <laughs> pretty intense right oh I would probably have like a glass of uh, Viognier and I know all you wine people are like Riesling is the shit give me fuck the Viognier I'm like no leave me alone anyways okay so uh, that is my death meal let's get back to um this non-monogamy stuff so uh I thought that the next part of talking about non-monogamy or monogamy because you can't talk about one without the other we could discuss what different types of non-monogamy there are because there are quite a few so I think the most common one or word that people use is polyamory polyamorous Uh, some people just like to say open or open relationships, but uh, polyamorous is when you have more than one partner, right? So 
I'm sure that a lot of us know those people, or maybe you don't, but maybe you've heard of it, maybe you haven't, but that's when you have more than one partner. And there's so many different levels to that, um, and there's so many different ways that you can go about it. You can have like a primary, a lot of people do it this way. So a lot of people have like their primary partner, like that's their like number one, and it's kind of a hierarchy, which um, is fine, I guess. I personally used to do nothing but primary and secondary partners, but now that I have gotten older, um, I don't think that that's the way because I feel like you're not treating people equally and you're not giving everyone involved the same rights. But that's just me talking from my personal experience. It works for a lot of people in their experiences. Anyways, I think I digress a little bit. So polyamorous lifestyles, you have more than one partner. Some people do it in um, like primary, secondary partners. Um, some people like live with their partner and are married with their partner and have like kids with one of their partners, but then have other partners and that works. Those other partners sometimes take care of their partner's kids. Um, I've seen like people that are all dating each other, which is a lot of fun looking. <laughs> I've never done that myself. So another one that people know about um, that I don't really agree with because it's still a very controlling way to go about it is polygamy. And it gets often confused with polyamory, but polygamy is when a man has more than one wife. And it's often um, tied to Muslim religion. Uh, over 50 countries have polygamy legalized. In 2010, in the country of Senegal, 47% of marriages were polygamous, um, which is great, I guess, but it's like the man is only allowed to have more than one wife. Like, what about the woman? Like, she still doesn't have a lot of rights to go about and do what she wants. Also, what about... LGBTQIA plus communities like those aren't really um, accepted in the countries that have polygamy legalized so I'm not super for it um, because I am obviously a woman part of the queer community and I want my fucking rights polyandry is one that a lot of people don't know about but that's when a woman has more than one husband and it is not legal almost anywhere, and no one really hears about it. Um, as far as troubles go, I've heard sprinkles here and there in different countries of people doing a ceremony, but is it legal? Not really. Could it be? Maybe. I think that Especially in the United States, we have a long way to go when it comes to something like that because I feel like people would be like, oh, but it's polygamy. It's like, nah, like, I just wanted to marry this girl and this guy. I'm bi. You know what I mean? Like, it could be something like that. So I think that there's definitely room for growth. I think it would be cool to see that within my lifetime. All right, now that I have introduced the history 
of monogamy and gone through the different definitions of uh, non-monogamy and open. Uh, let's get into this next segment. It's guilty pleasure, Jane. Okay, so I'm pretty sure that this is going to change with age and experience or just something I miss. You know what I mean? I feel like this would change depending on my mood. But I was walking around running errands, grabbing supplies to make a German chocolate cake. And I remembered about chocolate cake shots. And I was like, oh, you know what? Those are actually like really good. And then I was like, how could I make that into a cocktail? No one fucking steal this idea. I'm gonna fucking do it. But (laughs) like, do you remember those? It was like, what was it? Like vodka and hazelnut liqueur and then like a sugar lemon that you sucked on honestly I'm probably gonna get shit for this but honestly those are really fucking good overall I would probably say any other day if I didn't just think about that today that my guilty pleasure drink is a chocolate martini um but I never ever 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 order it unless it's on a menu because if it's on a menu then it's like you're gonna do this for me right (laughs) all right so there's a lot of different layers to non-monogamy right and I think the one question that I get asked all the time by people is how do you get around the jealousy because doesn't that happen or do you just not get jealous it's like no of course I get jealous I feel like it's like natural for humans uh, this well-developed to, you know, get jealous. Like, I have green eyes. There's, like, a whole quote that says green eye envy. Like, I get jealous. And it's something you just have to, you know, work through. Like, usually, here, here's the thing with jealousy, though. Like, usually with jealousy, there's a reason as to why you're feeling jealous, right? So you have to, like, sit down with yourself meditate maybe journal or just like think about why are you feeling jealous what is the reasoning behind it and how or what can I do to get over this jealousy and usually it requires you talking to your partner or partners um, as to what you are feeling how you are feeling it, why you are feeling it, and you have to come up with a solution, right? To every problem, there's a solution, and you just have to figure out, like, how can I not feel this way again, right? So it's like, if you're jealous because of a certain situation that happened, or you're jealous of a certain someone, then you have to figure that out and navigate those feelings so that it doesn't come up in the future and so it doesn't keep coming up. And there will be like different ways that jealousy comes up for many different reasons and you always just have to be a fucking adult and talk about it, right? You know, therapy's great too. I think that's like my number one question that people ask me all the time and you have to be an adult like just talk to your partner about it I think overall overall 
Like, if you want to get into an open relationship, you have to go in knowing that you are going to be communicating with your partner and partners a whole lot more than you would be communicating with any past partners you've had in a monogamous relationship. And after, like, years go by, you just get used to it, but it's like, think, like, you have to think about what you have to do, right? So you are not only scheduling or juggling your schedule, you are also juggling your other partner's schedules. So maybe that's two other schedules, maybe that's three, depending on how many people you're dating, right? Um, Coming from my personal experience, I've only dated up to two people in a time, and I personally don't think that with my lifestyle, like with my career, that I could ever date more than two other people. That's just me. I've definitely met people that have dated three other people or four other people. Um, I've met, like, triples that date two people each, so... They're all kind of, you know, in this web together. Um, But personally, for me, two is my limit. Uh, So yeah, lots of communicating. And the other thing is you have to think about your partner's partners, right? Uh, So there's a word for your partner's partners. It's called metamor. So say I have a partner and my partner has like a girlfriend, right? So my partner's girlfriend would be my metamor and vice versa. Like if I have a boyfriend, my boyfriend to my other partner would be his metaphor, metamor. It's a lot. It's really confusing sometimes. (laughs) So you have to think about them too, because if they're having, if your metamor is having a bad day, that's going to reflect on your partner. And then that, that will reflect on you, especially if you're like, living together if you're you know have kids together um so you have to think of that you also have to like I said earlier I don't like primary and secondary partners because that is kind of not my style I've seen it happen I've been like the quote-unquote other woman and I've been treated like I'm just that like I'm a secondary person you know and you deserve as much, as many rights as a primary partner, right? As a secondary and vice versa. Like it should, I believe in one playing field, right? Um, and I know that's kind of weird to wrap your head around, but that's just the way that society has, you know, ingrained monogamy into our heads. You kind of have to be open to it. Yeah, so thinking about metamorphs giving them rights, respecting them in their time, right? So you always have to respect everyone's time. If, like, something comes up and they have to cancel a date, like, yeah, you gotta think about that. Like, stuff like that happens a lot, you know? And just being respectful. If you're trying to get into non-monogamy, you have to think about all these things. You have to think about scheduling. You have to think about you know, other people outside of, like, your relationship, you know? There's also, like, another side of monogamy outside of having, you know, partners either short-term or long-term, and that's just being a single non-monogamous person, and, uh, I mean, that person is just, like, known as, like, a hoe or a slut. Um, I've been doing that for, like, 
almost a year and you know it's been treating me really good I don't think that having relationships serves my purpose right now and I mean if I met someone maybe but not right now um it's just being honest right someone asked me like well what's the difference between you and a fuckboy I'm like well I'm honest and I am open and I tell people what I want I don't lead people on I don't try to ghost them I don't break their hearts I tell them up front like hey not looking for a relationship I'm just looking to like chill you know like I'm looking to have sex like I'm not looking for a relationship and if it turns into that then so be it but I'm not like trying to really do a long-term thing right now um and that's the difference like you know just be honest that's all you need that's all you need to do be honest wear condoms get tested you know like that's it it's it's simple it's not that hard but the hard part about it with people is the honesty people can't be honest and it's just like just tell me you, you don't have to, you know, kind of skirt around the edges of truth and lies. You can tell people up front, like, hey, not looking for a relationship, just want sex. And if the other person gets mad at that, then either A, don't have sex with them, or, I mean, B, don't keep having sex with them. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's not that hard. Obviously, we're talking about having multiple partners, and we have to talk about safe sex, right? Um, If you follow me on social media, you probably know that I get tested a lot, and that's because I am a slut. Um, So, yeah, you, you have to set boundaries with people, right? You have to talk to your partners about safe sex, and... Um, talk to your partners about who you're using condoms with. If you decide to not use condoms with someone, you need to talk to everyone involved, right? It is a web of people, and if one person gets infected, that whole web gets infected, right? So be safe. You know, use condoms and get tested. You can get tested up to two weeks after exposure for gonorrhea and chlamydia. Um, make sure when you're going to get tested, have them swab the back of your throat. And if you partake in anal sex, have, get a swab of your anus, right? Not a lot of people know that, but gonorrhea and chlamydia live separately in those places. You can get tested anywhere from two to six months for HIV and syphilis. I know that's a pretty long time span, two in six months, but anywhere in between there. My rule of thumb is three months. Um, In syphilis, you actually get your blood drawn. I know a lot of people think like, oh, like I just pee in a cup and get my finger pricked. Like no, syphilis is its whole different test um, and they don't offer it right off the bat because it's not as common, but it is making a comeback. So yeah, get tested, stay safe, be healthy. Uh, Let's get into this next segment. High thoughts. Okay, 
So this is a high thought I've been having. I've had this high thought for a while and I just remembered it today, probably because I was high. Like, why does the English language use double words for things that aren't the same? Like, specifically litter. Like, cat litter and litter of kittens and like you're littering on the streets like trash also that's really rude like why would like so like cat litter is trash and the litter on the ground is trash but a litter of kittens is definitely not trash they're like precious little babies and why would you why would you associate them with the litter on the ground and cat litter like makes me sad now thinking about it but yeah that is oh my god that's my high thought putting that out into the universe you are welcome <laughs> also by the way I'm now legally allowed to say that I'm high in Illinois so that's kind of cool I think I did it I think I did a good breakdown of monogamy should we answer some questions? <laughs> okay. Uh, this one says, what about commitment? How does that work in non-monogamous relationships? Ooh. Okay. So this is like a good, like, metaphor, I guess you would say. So you know when you have kids and you have more than one kid and you love all those kids but just differently? Like, put that and think about that with relationships, right? You know, you date multiple people and you love them all differently. You know, like, it's it's not that hard. Um, I think it's really backwards to think about, like, oh, what about commitment? And also, it's like nothing in this life lasts forever. Nothing is certain except for your breath while you're living. That's it. That's the only constant. So if you, like, really, like, think about commitment in that way you like are strangling that person all right this next question just says well what about cheating um cheating still exists in non-monogamous relationships i have been cheated on in non-monogamous relationships and it sucks it's like oh well if it's open then how can you cheat on someone by lying <laughs> Like, that's what cheating is. It's lying. It's not being honest. And, you know, just going back to, like, telling the truth and being honest, you know? I do want to touch on a little bit with cheating. Because I feel like people think of cheating as, like, it's the end. It's over. And that's not, like, the way to go. Like, it's like a zero-tolerance policy. Like, zero-tolerance policies for sexual harassment in workplaces, depending on the aggression level, does not work. Like, it does not work. And, like, if someone cheats on you, you guys should be able to figure it out, right? <laughs> the next question is, how's unemployment going? It's going great. I'm actually just, I've been chilling with my cat butters and smoking legal weed, and it's been pretty great. <laughs> Oh, man, that, that's funny. That's real funny. <laughs> when are you coming to New York, <laughs> my friend says. Uh, when I get a job, because <laughs> I'm unemployed right now. <laughs> Ooh. Um, 
They don't all look the same or function the same way. I feel like that wasn't a question. That was more of a statement. But yes, they not all non-monogamous relationships function the same way at all. Um, I kind of went through the different ways I've seen people do it and the different ways I've done it before. So, yeah. So I just want to wrap this all up on a note. I think overall, non-monogamy is great. Um, it's a lot of work. It requires a lot of communication and time and effort from all sides. I think monogamy is fine too if it really works for you, but if you find that it doesn't, then you can always go to the non-monogamy lifestyle, you know? Like, it doesn't have to be one way or the highway. This is going to be a hard pill to swallow, but I think overall monogamy is like the least feminist thing that people can do if they're in a heterosexual relationship because monogamy started on the coercion of women in heterosexual relationships because they couldn't really do anything else and they had no rights. And yeah, that's how I feel. Just gonna end on the last question I always ask all my guests and it's what change, in this case, do I wish to see in the world or within my industries? And yeah, I, I want to see more accountability, and I've been saying this for a while, that I really think if we held everyone around us accountable as well as ourselves accountable, we would be getting closer to a revolution. Um, and yeah, more empathy. I think if everyone was way more empathetic to every single walking being no matter what race or gender you are on this planet then again we would be way closer to a revolution but alas <laughs> uh yeah that's that's all i got um yeah thanks for listening if you have any more questions about non-monogamy holler at me i'm actually going to put some sources up on my page for y'all to get into because it's helpful. Um.